Welcome to the Good Shepherd New York podcast. Good Shepherd New York is a community helping New Yorkers embody the love of Christ for the good of our neighbors. For more information, go to goodshepherdnewyork.com. May you be filled with curiosity, grace, and peace as we listen and learn together through this sacred text. And now, a reading from Matthew 25, 1-13. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five of them were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning once again. If you're joining us for the first time, my name is Michael Redzina. I'm one of the pastors here, and I hope that you feel welcomed. I hope that you feel a space to explore and to experiment with the teachings and the story of Jesus in the context of these digital gatherings and also the context of our community. It's been a very hard week for all of us. At the same time of this sermon, the outcome of our national election is still pending. I hope by the time that you're watching this that we have a bit more clarity. But the truth is, the stress and the waiting, the anxiety of how people are responding in the midst of this waiting, it's been emotionally draining for me. And I've heard from many of you that you feel similarly. We've already heard our gospel story this morning, and so I invite you into a much-needed moment of quiet to recenter our hearts in God's presence and in God's love, to come honestly and openly as we really think and feel with our faith and our doubt, with our joy and our sadness, with our love and our anger, with our fear and our hope. Or however we arrive in this moment, let's open our hearts to the possibility that God could connect this story we've just read to ours in a powerful way. So a quiet moment now, as best as you know how. God of mercy, we open ourselves to you. We ask that you would fill our minds, that you'd fill our hearts with love and peace and with vision for the week ahead. And we pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Well, if you were to ask me to select a story from the Bible for a day like today, the story of the ten virgins would not be my number one choice. It probably wouldn't even make my list. But that's why I love the lectionary. It stretches us to keep engaging even the far corners of the Bible with the expectation that there is treasure to be found all over the place, not just in our little handful of favorite texts. This parable, which Jesus tells here, it comes on the heels of his disciples getting swept up or caught up by the beauty and the spectacle of the temple. It's Jesus' final week. They look up to the temple and they say, look at these stones. But Jesus tempers their enthusiasm, not only asking them to sort of slow their roll on how much emphasis they put on a place like the temple, but he offers them a hot take. This temple will not last, right? And they will live to see its destruction, and those days will be very hard. So much of what follows this is helping his followers understand how to endure those difficult times, and also where to look for God's presence beyond the spectacle of brick and mortar, beyond the religious institutions and understandings that they have attached to so far in their journey. The story opens with ten waiting women. Now, some translations call them virgins. Some translations call them bridesmaids. Both translations are hard because neither of these terms mean for us what they would have meant for them. It's best to simply understand these women as the bride's supporting cast, so to speak. They supported her as she waited, according to custom, to be visited by the groom, who would also have his own entourage, sort of yelling and singing and blowing horns throughout the town, announcing his soon arrival. Jesus says in his story that these ten women are waiting, according to the custom, and that five of them are wise and five of them were foolish. The wise women bring enough oil and the foolish don't. They all fall asleep, but when the moment of opportunity comes, only half of them are prepared and actually experience the celebration. The others who had to scramble to find oil, they missed the window of opportunity and the experience, and the, the shut door is something that they're left to face. And they have the haunting words of the groom, I never knew you. Today, I'd like to highlight the power of opportunity, the nature of wisdom, and how this story could revolutionize our experience of a moment like we share right now in the United States of America. First, the power of opportunity. In Jesus' story, there's this window of opportunity, and it's clear that Jesus wants his followers to have a sense of urgency around this window of opportunity. But what is the opportunity exactly, and how long is this window? Now, some have read this to speak of the return of Christ or the afterlife. The opportunity is painted as going to heaven when you die or being in Christ's good graces after an expected end of time return. But there are a few clues in this text that lead many interpreters, including myself, to other conclusions, specifically that this urgent opportunity continues in our lives on earth right now. The first clue is in the mention of wisdom and foolishness. Right? These are themes that bring the Sermon on the Mount to a climax earlier in the Gospel. This is Jesus' most famous and important set of teachings, which has practical calls to action. It ends like this in verse 24, chapter 7. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice 
is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. For Jesus, wisdom is not just hearing his words and teaching, but putting them into practice, and putting them into practice when times are hard. For Jesus, wisdom is an integration of words and deeds, of faith and of practice, and of ideas and habits. Now, what does Jesus invite us to practice? Well, the Sermon on the Mount, it's filled with concrete ways to show love to our neighbor as ourselves and to connect that love to our spirituality. It's about life in the here and now, not some distant afterlife scenario or a second coming. See, Jesus is passionate about people growing in love on earth as it is in heaven. Now, the second clue is the phrase, I never knew you. We will hear at the end uh, of this chapter a similar phrase in another parable. It's a parable that gives us God's golden standard for judgment, and it doesn't hinge on agreement with ideas or doctrines or with religious practice. It centers on how we treat our neighbor, specifically how we treat the most vulnerable among us, the prisoner, the hungry, the thirsty, the naked. You have one group that stands before God like the ten women and calls out, Lord, Lord. And they are told, I never knew you. Why? Well, Jesus says, when I was naked, thirsty, and hungry, and in prison, you didn't care for me. They're perplexed, and they ask when this negligence took place, and they're told, whenever they neglect the vulnerable, they neglect him. And then you have others who also call out, Lord, Lord, and they're perplexed by their welcome and by their acceptance. They're told that they helped Jesus when he was hungry, naked, thirsty, and in prison. And when they ask for examples of their care, he says, whenever you did this to the least of these, you've done it for me. So there we have it. Right? The features of this parable point us to the urgency of this window of opportunity in this life, in this world, in a time of great challenge and violence and conflict. And where does this opportunity lie? When does the groom arrive, so to speak, in our lives? Well, it turns out the opportunity is wide open every single day. Right? Every encounter with another human being is a potential divine encounter. Every time we show kindness, every time we show dignity and we listen, every time that we're patient, every time we speak a difficult truth in love, every time we forgive, every time we learn Rather than teach, we encounter Christ, and we encounter him through the other. The image of oil here is also extremely rich. You know, some interpret it as the Holy Spirit of God, empowering us, fueling us, if you would, to love and to listen and to serve, as our unity prayer says. And there are two interesting things about the Holy Spirit for a time like now. First of all, the Spirit's always pointing people to show love and inclusion beyond their tribe and beyond their understanding. In the Gospels, Jesus included the rejected. He welcomes the dejected and the shamed. In the story of Acts, which is the account of Jesus' followers after his departure, we see that same Holy Spirit that led Christ 
leading his disciples, to learn to overcome racial and social bias, uh, to learn to overcome prejudice, to include, to welcome and share a table just as Christ did. And another interesting thing for our time is how the Holy Spirit is up to something beyond our tribe and beyond our understanding, especially the understanding of his disciples. Um, the Holy Spirit is active even before the disciples arrive to a place. We who know and love God, we don't bring God with us. God is already there and active in people's lives. We simply need to be awake and alert and have eyes that are open to see where and how God is at work so that we can have the urgency not to presume and actually miss it. How might God be showing up in the world right now in the midst of our conflict? How might God be showing up in the midst of your world right now? This week, as you have encounter after encounter, I'd like you to imagine your heart as one of those lamps. And imagine the oil as the fuel of God's Spirit prompting you to shine forth with love and with receptivity. Our country needs people who feel the urgency to put Jesus' teaching into practice, who are awake to the presence of God in our neighbor, in the stranger, and yes, even in our enemy. We need an openness to the possibilities of a world that we might otherwise be tempted to write off as just evil and toxic, tempted to do it in the name of God even. Jesus is saying that isn't wisdom. Just like Jesus, we're called to be light, to bring light, and to receive light in the midst of darkness, not escaping the darkness. May God give us courage to face the darkness of hate and of chaos, and to face every person that we meet this week with the light of God's unconditional, everlasting, and unfailing love. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Good Shepherd New York podcast. Good Shepherd New York is an interdenominational church centered around the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. Our church is theologically rooted in the Apostles and Nicene Creeds, but we welcome people of any or no religious backgrounds to participate in our community. If you would like to support us, please text Good Shepherd NY, all lowercase with no spaces, to 77977. That's Good Shepherd NY to 77977. Or visit our website, goodshepherdnewyork.com. Thank you for listening.